Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a special series of discussions about the biggest political event of this year, the 2016 US presidential election. My name's Freddie Gray and I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. So, Paul, this is the uh, first press conference, amazingly, that Donald Trump has given in something like 168 days, uh, 167 days, I think. Um, and it's uh, fair to say it was, in pure media um, sensational terms, worth the wait. Well, he came out swinging. Indeed, he'd come out swinging on Twitter hours beforehand when he compared a situation to somebody living in Nazi Germany. Uh, of course, it was Trump and the Russians which dominated discussions. Uh, by now, a document which had been circulating among journalists and intelligence people in Washington for several months had become public, uh, thanks to BuzzFeed. Nobody uh, is going into the allegations in public, uh, but suffice it to say that even for a man of Mr. Trump's lurid sexual history, the details of what supposedly took place in the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow are sufficiently lurid to damage even him. Uh, and he reacted, I think, with genuine anger about it, saying it was disgusting uh, that people were sick to retail these allegations. And he had some harsh words for the intelligence agencies, which shortly, in just over nine days' time, let's not forget, he will be in charge of. Yes. He also had some pretty harsh words for BuzzFeed, didn't he, the, the news website. And, I mean, I think it's fair to say, I know that you've been onto this story. We spoke about this story a few months ago, and uh, various credible news agencies did not uh, think that it was worth, I mean, it, they, they thought it was worth pursuing, but they didn't think they had enough to run the story. And of course, BuzzFeed obviously did, but it doesn't seem they've got anything that hasn't been uh, sort of in the rumour mill for quite a long time. Maybe Trump's right to be angry about this. Well, they're unsubstantiated allegations, let's not forget. And we should have learned by now after Iraq and other things, not necessarily to take things that come out of intelligence agencies or intelligence personnel at face value. Um, but I, I think there is a slightly troubling issue here. It reminds me of the time uh, in the 1930s when everybody in London who was connected knew of Edward and Mrs. Simpson and the general public were kept in the dark. This document was circulating widely in Washington. Uh, as you said, I had a copy of it. Um, we decided not to run it, as did, I believe, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, because you can't go around saying that um, the president-elect or presidential candidate of the Republican Party, as he then was, indulged in all these disgusting things with prostitutes, unless you have a little bit more evidence than what, um, by the time it came to our hands, was a third-hand report commissioned by an opposition research outfit funded by a Democratic Party donor, written by an MI6 former agent on the basis of discussions with FSB people, the Russian Security Service, um, who may or may not have actually seen the tape. This is problematical. But Trump, Trump has, has dismissed it out of hand. Uh, I mean, maybe he's uh, a very good liar, but it, it, it seems there's no even acknowledgement that there might be a hint of truth in it. Well, I think, you know, even a, a moment's wavering uh, would condemn him. Um, I did a lot of digging on this. Yeah. And uh, first of all, the MI6 man is not the only source. I was told by a former spy back in August that he had learned of the alleged existence of this blackmail tape from the head of an East European spy agency uh, over the summer. I was also able um, to use somebody I will loosely define as a member of the intelligence community, uh, not in the US, but from a friendly Western nation, 
to pass a message to the CIA people dealing with the file. They wouldn't talk to me directly. That would be illegal. And I got a, a very specific message back. They knew of the existence of the material. Indeed, there was more than one tape. It was audio as well as video. It was on more than one date and in more than one place, not just in the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow, but in St. Petersburg as well. And they regarded it as credible. And that is why, in this extraordinary situation, just days before the inauguration, a report lands on President Obama's desk and on the desk of the Congress desks of the congressional leadership and is given to Mr. Trump, saying exactly what he is supposed to have done and denies doing in this hotel. But I mean, I don't want to uh, question the, the, the your sources, but I do think that uh, I mean, as you say, in the Iraq war, the intelligence agencies and, and, and figures in the intelligence community in America were quite willing to give uh, false or misleading information um, to newspapers uh, in order to prop up the agenda of the establishment. Now, it's a slightly different situation, but clearly the establishment is uncomfortable with Donald Trump. Uh, is it not a similar... Is it not possible this could be a similar form of disinformation, misinformation? It's possible. Let's not forget that this didn't originate with the US intelligence services. It originated with a former MI6 man, somebody regarded uh, in in the opinion of, of people I trust as quite credible. Yeah. And he was actually advised by the people who paid him, the opposition research company, not to do anything with it. But apparently he was moved by his conscience, so he was so troubled by what he found that he first of all went to the FBI, I believe in the Rome embassy, then not getting anywhere, he passed it to Senator John McCain, who passed it on to the FBI. Um, and then the intelligence agencies, if we believe what's in the American press this morning, were worried that it would leak before they'd had a chance to assess it and present it through the normal channels. So I'm not sure there's a conspiracy here. What there may be is something else. Given that all this originates with the FSB, I've spoken to various Russian experts who say that it is quite a regular boast of FSB people to say, oh, of course, we have compromat on this public figure or that public figure. It's even been known for people to boast about having compromat on President Vladimir Putin himself. Yes. So given that, we come back to the, the central fact here is that nobody has seen the tape. So it could be sort of Chinese whispers uh, in, among Russian intelligence. Is that the, the possibility? Um, it could be, but it's also important to remember that this tape uh, or the allegations about the tape are not coming in isolation. Um, back in March, I was told that there had been a signals intercept of some kind about the Kremlin trying to pump money into the US presidential election campaign. Um, I am told by a very senior and very reliable intelligence source that this information was given to the CIA director in April, who was so troubled by it that he formed an interagency task force. The CIA can't act domestically in America, as you know, against American citizens. So they joined with the DOJ, Treasury, the FBI, and also uh, on, on the international side of the inquiry with the NSA and the Director of National Intelligence. All of this led to a secret court warrant being granted in, on October the 15th. Remember, this is just three weeks before people went to vote in America to intercept the electronic records of two Russian banks. Um, Trump himself is not named in this warrant, nor his associates. It's just the Russian banks. But I understand from uh, a domestic source, sorry about all the sources here, it sounds a bit like Watergate, but I understand from a domestic source that three of Mr. Trump's associates are the targets of the inquiry and ultimately Mr. Trump himself, the allegation being that the Kremlin was trying to buy their way into his election campaign and presumably into his good graces. This is an investigation which was 
pretty big, was going on right up until the election. Who knows whether it's going on now or whether, of course, it would go on under President Trump. But there are a number of allegations flying around about Russian influence, and it's not just about the blackmail tape. But one thing that strikes me is we, we've only got, uh, what is it, just over a week uh, next Friday until Donald Trump's inauguration. I mean, what could possibly come out in the next uh, few days that would uh, prevent, if that's what is meant to happen or is, is might happen, uh, or impeach a Donald Trump presidency in the early days? I mean, if it's a very, very disgusting sex tape, I mean, let's face it, he had the, the sex talk tape and he, he brushed that off. I mean, how bad can it get? No, I think you're right. He could brush off sex. I don't think he could brush off money. And let's not forget that Watergate was at its heart about campaign finance. So um, we have people like Senator John McCain, who's a Republican after all, talking about congressional inquiries, about the Senate Armed Services Committee or the Foreign Affairs Committee looking into this. It's a bit, it's a bit unfortunate, though, that it's John McCain and, and not another Republican senator, isn't it, from the point of view of the, the never-Trump people in Washington. John McCain's always associated with sort of, uh, uh, should we call it, the Russophobic wing of, of the Republican Party. He may be, um, but there are, by my count, at least six Republican senators who hate Donald Trump. And mm. although Congress is firmly in Republican hands, it is not inconceivable there could be investigations. And then that whole machinery starts to move. Yeah. And the allegation here is essentially that Trump is a Russian agent of influence. Um, People may uh, remember that Mike Morell, the former CIA director, wrote an extraordinary article in the New York Times in August calling Trump an unwitting agent of Russia. Now, there was that qualifier unwitting, but he was a former CIA director calling the Republican nominee um, in a qualified manner an agent of Russia. I think we're just in, in uncharted territory here. And there is a procedure. You know, the, the founding fathers were very big on the separation of powers. There is a mechanism there. And uh, some Republicans are talking about investigations. A lot of Democrats I know are talking about impeachment. Of course, they would. That's what they want. But, you know, 10 days before the inauguration, already people are using the I word. Yes. Uh, what's the timeline there? If, if there is any sort of evidence that he is uh, an agent of Russian influence, are we talking about an impeachment procedure being started as he moves into the White House? Well, I mean, it's it's extraordinary. It's unprecedented. It's a little bit ridiculous, isn't it? And uh, I think there's no roadmap for this. Um, what happened to uh, Presidents Nixon and Clinton, both of whom faced articles of impeachment in the House of Representatives, took a long time to get going. But everything mm. about this race and everything about this man is unprecedented. Who would have thought that for, for 10 days of the campaign, the phrase grab them by the pussy uh, would be central to political debate? And I rather feel that just as parents uh, were scratching their heads over how to explain blowjobs to their children during the Clinton-Lewinsky affair, um, there is a term which I'm not going to use uh, to the spectators podcast audience, but I think people are going to be... I think they can heads. take it. I think they can take it. <laughs> well, uh, you know... I, I pity the poor parents who have to explain to their child the concept of golden showers when that becomes uh, yes. a political debate. Well, Paul, it's absolutely fascinating. And let's please do another podcast soon. My pleasure. And just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anytime on iTunes. And please do. Mm -hmm.